Hello and welcome to the Dad and Sons podcast. Yeah. Hi. We are back after our first ever brief hiatus because joining me this week is Matt California Dreaming Visual. <laughs> Not dreaming. <laughs> I is here. Not dreaming no more. You is there after a 36 hour drive down. Just a local yeah. trip, you know. One side of the USA to the other. Fun fact, I made the whole drive without stopping. What? You are mad. You are mad. <laughs> For like, what, what did you do about gas? In your, your bathroom. Of course I got, I stopped and got some gas. Maybe no. I stopped once oh. for like a, a two hour power nap. Oh my God. You just, you're crazy. Oh, oh you're just backpedaling. Oh, you got me so excited. <laughs> <laughs> he had the most efficient car ever. What, 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 two hour power nap out of 30, 36 yeah. hours or more yeah, I probably thought you had, had called up our good friend elon musk and, and asked him <laughs> for one of those self-driving tesla grad mobiles oh yeah yeah our, our best friend right yeah of course <laughs> and, give us your money elon and viewer <laughs> where do you think we get all the dad done money? supporter of the podcast and the voice elon musk that you hear that doesn't know how cars work very well is George, I don't need to play any other game apart from MGS3 until the day I die, Weedman. I played some other games this week. <laughs> I played some real stupid games this week. Alongside playing MGS3 for what must be the 157th time, I think. Oh my god. On European Extreme with yep. no tranks and no kills. This time live on stream in front of everyone. Last time was uh, at the console gaming room of MAGFest while, <laughs> while taking fans' <laughs> questions in person. Well, you did it on stream this time, so you were kind of doing the same thing. Almost, almost. And I am the last member of the Dead and Sons show. Coming back to you live, I am Liam, surviving the most deadliest storm in Japan for 25 years today. Edwards. Oh my god. We had another typhoon today, and... Another one? Yeah, another one. Oh, no. Another one. It was the strongest typhoon in 25 years in Japan. I highly recommend you Google or search on Twitter for the videos that were floating about of uh, West Japan today, which is where I live. Mm, I saw the pizza delivery guy. Yeah, that poor guy. That poor guy. That epitomizes Japanese work culture, being forced by your bosses to go out and deliver pizza in the deadliest storm Japan has had in 25 years. That epitomizes everything about Japanese work culture you ever needed to know. And and, and you say this is a different storm from the last one, yeah, so which, the, so as the, I recall, was pretty deadly. Yeah, so that was flooding. So that was just heavy rain. This was like, today we had a typhoon. It was called Typhoon Jebi. <coughs> Jebi. And it came... And it was like 200 mile per hour winds. Half of Osaka Airport is completely underwater now. And also the only bridge to the island in which Osaka Airport is on uh, had a fucking tanker, like a ship, crash into the bridge thanks to the wind and has completely broken half of it. So now you can't even get to the airport. Uh, Kyoto Station, which is a station I visit quite frequently, half the roof fell onto people going through the station, tiles and stuff, and just buildings have been destroyed. Just search the videos, it's madness. Luckily, where I am, wasn't so bad, but 
Osaka and Kyoto, like middle, middle Japan, sort of <laughs> got well and truly fucked. So <laughs> when I visit Japan next year, is there going to be a Japan left? Because it doesn't seem like there's going to be a dude, Japan left. I don't know, dude. This year, like having been here for three years now, this year has been by far the most. Yeah, this is nuts. We had like a deadly heat wave. We had deadly flooding. We had a couple of earthquakes, and now we're having like the strongest typhoon in 25 years. Yeah, it's been a it's been a rough year for all Japan. Needs a couple it, of band aids plastered across to, it. To to refresh those who uh, who uh, might might have missed uh, from from the past two weeks. Yeah, two weeks is a long time. Yeah, that was not that long ago. That no. was. Very, very It's soon. basically this summer. This summer has been really bad for Japan. Like, um, today, all the trains stopped at 10 a.m. They already, like, preemptively were like, nope, no fucking way. Wow. This is, this is going to suck, and it sucked. Honestly, check out some of the videos. There were, like, tennis courts, like, being ripped up. Uh, some videos I saw of, like, big trucks being pushed across the road, nearly pushed into the water over the bridges. Uh, there was, like... Like, people's roofs were coming off and, like, slamming into, like, electric poles, making explosions and all all sorts of madness. There's some, some pretty crazy stuff happened today. So, as I recall last time, you um, waited out the uh, natural disasters uh, responsibly and, and tastefully with your Nintendo Switch. I did! I did! Guess what I did today, George? Guess what I did today? Did you play video games on your Nintendo Switch? I did! <laughs> What are we not? I've, I, yeah, I, I know. I think the key to surviving, this is my natural disaster survival tip number one, is to just ignore all the issues and stay inside and play video games. Wow. I mean, it's worked for me. I'm still alive. Reminds me of those, like, Hot Topic gamer shirts. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, please don't knock on this door. I'm gaming, Mom. Yeah. <laughs> please don't save me from the typhoon. I'm gaming, Abe. Even earthquakes couldn't stop me from gaming. Even a typhoon couldn't stop me. No, I stayed inside and played the Switch. What'd you play? It was fun. Um, so, I played a lot of games. It's been two weeks. I play games, guys. I've done what we don't usually it's been do. Too, I mean, we had our hiatus. One in one in thirty-seven is not bad. That's not, not bad. too bad. I mean, I played a lot of games. Um, but first, I'll start. I guess what, what I was playing today to wait out the typhoon, and that was the messenger. It's just the messenger. The that's messenger. that's that's it. It's called the messenger, and it's that don't shoot um, it. New Switch game that everyone. Is hyping up the one that's kind of like a Ninja Gaiden. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I did see this. Okay, yeah. yeah, it's kind of like Ninja Gaiden mixed with. Uh, towards the end, it becomes a little bit like a Metroidvania mm -hmm. kind of thing. Fuck, people love that Metroidvania style these days. Um, but I've been playing it because it got super rave reviews. I played it a bit summit earlier this year, and it was pretty cool. The section I played. So I immediately downloaded it. The aesthetic is really cool. It has this really cool gimmick that everyone's spoiled, so I'm just <laughs> going to spoil it anyway, where it starts off like 8-bit retro NES Ninja Gaiden style, and then towards the end of the game, there becomes this gameplay mechanic where you twist the levels around between jumping through portals, which make it 8-bit, and then make it 16-bit, like a Super Nintendo family game. Oh, that's game. cute. Which is cute and cool, and one thing that really surprised me is when I got to that section is it feels and plays differently as well. Like, the difference between an NES game and a Super Nintendo game. 
it feels really different too, and it feels really good when you switch to the 16-bit. It feels a little more fluid. I think that's on purpose. Well, like like softer um, and uh, rubberier. Yeah, yeah, and the like the controls feel a little mm. more responsive. Yeah, yeah. like uh, when you like, <laughs> like going from Metroid to Super Metroid. Yeah, yeah, it's it's literally like that, which is weird because the NES you know section felt pretty good anyway. But then there is a noticeable difference between the two, whether it's the frames of the animation or something that changes to make it feel a little more responsive. I don't know. But anyway, the game is... Uh... So the <laughs> it game, looks more for, fun for than the backstory. F- yeah, yeah. So they've definitely taken inspiration from Ninja Gaiden. It's nowhere near as hard as Ninja Gaiden. Um, it's tough, uh, but not... In a good way. Oh. N- so oh, no. it's really weird because... For backstory, it's been getting really good reviews. Some 10 out of 10s, most places give it like an 8 to a 9. I think the Metacritic rating for it is pretty high. I kind of don't get it. Like, the game is good, and it, it's interesting, and it feels good, but, like, the first like couple of hours and the first couple of levels, the level design is, like, super uninspired, really boring, jump from platform to platform, kill fucking uninspiring enemies that just walk towards you boring-esque stuff and then it gets to these sections where the checkpoints are quite far between each other so it only just has like frustrating deaths they're not like challenging like the game has this really good mechanic where it's you can hit these like light switches to then give yourself like a double jump Mm -hmm. so you can jump and then attack the light switch and then you get like an extra jump within like a maybe a one second window so you can like hit and then jump. So it requires a bit of skill to, you know, jump across gaps that have multiple light switches. But it doesn't use this mechanic enough. It only uses it in small sections. And then for a lot of the sections, they'll have just super frustrating shit. Like you'll try and do like this cool cloud stuffing mechanic and they'll just have like enemies that spit fire across the screen at a really slow pace in like uh, short patterns. So then you never get like the fluidity of like, actually like diving across big gaps hitting these things you always have to sort of take your time and precariously go around enemies which is just super boring because it takes away from the mechanic and then if you get hit and then you die you're just like oh fuck now i have to go all the way back to the checkpoint which is incredibly frustrating some of the levels allow you to sort of like when you get the ninja rope uh where you can sort of like fling yourself across to a wall and stick to it that, then it gets a little more um, fluid and a little more fun to traverse things, but it still has these really dickish enemies that just... Every enemy that throws projectiles in this game, it's like the projectiles are really slow, they home on, on the player, and they're in like really short repetitive patterns. So it requires you to just constantly stop and then like dodge through them by ducking and stuff like that, which takes away from like the whole idea of going fast like a ninja and like cloud stepping all over the place. But it does, when it gets going and you sort of like fly through the levels pretty quickly and stuff like that, it does feel quite fun and the combat can be pretty good. You know, you can do quite a few like ninja stuff, throw ninja ropes and dive across enemies and throw shurikens and stuff like that. But Destructoid said it was a 10 out of 10. But fuck Destructoid because the bosses in this game... Scary. A dog shit. Oh, so it's like Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker. That's right. There is nothing, like, there is not one single boss in this game 
that I have enjoyed fighting. I don't know what it is, what they were thinking when they made bosses. Of course, like, each stage has a boss at the end of it. And they're not hard, per se. They're not like Dark Souls bosses, which are strategic and require you to watch animations and, and, like, use your skills and what you've learned to do stuff. With these bosses in The Messenger, it's truly like taking the worst part of old NES games. Just unfair, (laughs) shitty bosses that you have to figure out what the patterns are, which is like, you know, par for the course for most games. But with these bosses, they'll do really unfair stuff or the hitboxes will be really off. And you'll spend like fucking 10 minutes waiting because they're, the, the stuff is really easy to dodge and stuff like that. Like, the bosses are inherently easy. It's just, like, they're, like, ten minutes long. They have such, like, huge health bars. You, like, the health bars are invisible, so you don't know at what stage you are. Like, they start flashing towards the end of their life. But s- for some bosses, it just seems to go on for fucking ever. And you just have to keep repetitively jumping over, like, really slow patterns that are tedious... But if you get hit, it takes, like, a lot of damage off you. Or, like, there's this one boss where, like, the platforms start disappearing. And it's just incredibly frustrating because it's not hard. It just takes so long. And they go on for, like, ten minutes a time. And you're just like, when will this fucking boss end? And there's just nothing enjoyable about the bosses whatsoever. I have no idea how... I For all the reviews I read, no one was complaining about these bosses. I don't... And I would take that as me thinking I'm bad at the game. But when you're just happily like dodging through all the patterns and stuff like that, and then you're still hitting the boss 10 minutes after you started, and then you get hit by like a really unfair hitbox or like just a platform disappears from underneath you and, and the the distance between the platform and like the bottom of the stage is really small, so you immediately die an instant death. It's just so unfair and so stupid. But NintendoInsider.com gave it a 10 out of 10. Oh, oh my oh. god. I don't know. Like, I can see... I can see... Don't go, Don't get me wrong. I'm not completely negative <laughs> on the game. Like, I'm compelled to finish it, which doesn't happen with many games. But I have no idea how people thought this game was a 10 out of 10. Like, the early part of the game is super boring. The levels are really uninspired. Um, you get upgrades really, really quickly, so it kind of defeats the point of it having this skill tree thing. It has a smart mechanic when you die, like, it ties into the story that you can come back because this demon, uh, follows you around and takes, like, all the, the, the money, like, these gems that you get. Uh, he takes half of them until you've paid him enough, basically paying him back for him reviving you. Um... But, man, when it's bad... Are you, like, spoiling the story right now? It's bad. No, no, no. It's, like, within the first <laughs> five minutes. But, like, when it's bad, it's bad. Like, it, like, takes shitty, shitty things from old NES games and thinks, like, ha oh, this is so nostalgic and cool. Kind of reminds me it's of... Bad. Uh, is it is it an unfair comparison to say that this situation kind of reminds me of Owl Boy? Ooh. I don't know, because... This is, like, on a constant basis. Like, at the end of every stage, I dread what boss comes because I'm just, like, not a single boss in this game has been interesting 
in the least and a lot of them are just like unfair like like there's this this fucking ogre boss these two ogres that you fight at the same time and they are not hard but then they have this one attack where they kick like either like a giant boulder at you or like the other ogre at you and both of them are <laughs> homie the other, and there's other nowhere boss. on the screen yeah they kick the other boss at you and they're homing and they move really quickly and there's nowhere to go on the screen to dodge it so you just have to get fucking lucky if it hits you or not and then it does almost an instant kill immediately it's so bullshit i'll be i'll be honestly surprised if i'm the only person who has an issue with these bosses i can't i Oh, they're so bad. Like, it's not just one boss. It's like, I've fought like eight bosses and they're fucking bad. No one complained about it either over there. George, are you trying to do a segue from Peace Walker? No, no, I'm not. I actually actually did not play Peace Walker uh, over the past uh, couple weeks. I mean, a Metal Gear. Oh, I because you did play a I, Metal I did, Gear. I did play a Metal Gear. Um, um, for for you played the same Metal Gear, <laughs> the good, the best <laughs> one. Before we move, before we move on from the Switch, yeah. There's uh, there is two games that I want to talk about, but we can get to the other one after, which is a good fucking Super Nintendo game, which I played through. But this has been a really good week for the Switch because a game we've already talked about talks about before on the show again that both me and george love already <laughs> but was was surprisingly announced that it was coming out on the day into the breach is on the switch yay and it works really well and the controls are really good and playing into the breach on the switch in handheld is fucking amazing i don't want to go on about it again but it's probably the best game of the year and it's amazing on switch my, my favorite so far that's game yeah. of the year matt it's amazing it's it's, so it's 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 an incredibly uh, devious game of uh, of of setting the enemy up for for accidents that that look hilarious and yes. satisfying when uh, everything comes together. the enemy against them. Yeah, it's an amazing game, and it's on the Switch, and it's a really really good port. <laughs> the controls work really really well for a tactic based game, and and, and awesome. for a tactic based game whose entire core strategy revolves around like sliding enemies into friendly fire. It's it's got a yeah. got the style that that uh that nicely makes that situation come off uh, more serious than it should be. It's it's absolutely using smoke fun. powers so they can never attack is uh, a good thing too. But yeah, no, Into the Breach. I bought it on Switch as well just because the game's fucking amazing. So I, I played it in between like getting frustrated at the messenger. I would boot up a game that actually <laughs> don't shoot the messenger. And. Uh, <laughs> Oof. No, Oof. the message is okay. It's Quality fine. It's fine. There. It's like it's like a seven point five on the IGN scale of games. <laughs> it's fine. Look up it's what just, IGN it has, gave it. IGN gave it like a ten, I imagine. I think. Well, oh no, it's God. it's like a the 10? smaller outlets really? that uh, exaggerated their score. They they gave it an eight. They gave oh, it an really? eight. They gave me an eight. That, that's fair. Like there are, re- <clears throat> there is really good parts to the messenger, but there are an astoundingly amount of bad parts as well, which is kind of disappointing. I feel like overall just rather disappointed. But it's it's cute, and the the sixteen bit and eight bit aesthetic is nice, and I'm compelled to finish it because it's only about ten hours long. Yeah, I'll finish it unless it throws up a boss that is just so infuriatingly stupid that I quit, and then just go play into the breach forever. You you would not do wrong. No, but like speaking of good games, 
just I played through Super Castlevania 4 <laughs> again. Was this on the uh, play through what? Classic? Classic? I don't know. Since like the Simon Belmont announcement for Smash, <laughs> I've been like, you in the mood? like honest <laughs> to God, no, adorable. this is literally what happened. I told George this the other day. This is literally what happened. I woke up on Saturday morning. I heard bloody tears. <laughs> like I literally like it came up on a playlist. I heard it while I was making breakfast. I was like, yeah, Castlevania is awesome. And then I had like the Super Nintendo Classic. I hooked up to my TV. I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to play like the first level of Super Castlevania 4. That'll be fun. Let's hear like the beginning. That's a cool track. I played it all day. <laughs> what did you make for breakfast? <laughs> what did you have for lunch? I didn't have lunch. I was too busy playing Super Castlevania. I did take a, a break though to go get drunk and eat tabazaki, which is Japanese chicken wings, which is amazing. And then I returned and I finished Super Castlevania, which is a really good game. So it holds up. And now I've been on like this huge Castlevania kick where I'm, I I ordered like the GBA. I tried to get the GBA game on the Wii U. I even hooked up the Wii U again to go on the virtual console to try and download Aria of Sorrow. But I then couldn't buy it because, like, I could, like, I read that you could use PayPal on the Wii U. But then I, I spent like two hours trying to find the PayPal settings on the Wii U, and I couldn't find them. So I couldn't buy Area of Sorrow. So I bought it. Wait, bought wait. So version. you're willing to still buy games on the eShop for the Wii U? Yeah, because it's like it's cheap. It's like eight dollars for Aria of Sorrow, and I can play it on the tablet itself. Like I can play it on the controller. But so I could never. You're gonna I can, have the Wii U turned on again after this experiment. I bet. No, but I would. Yeah, but for eight dollars and to play through Aria of Sorrow in like a week. Oh, I guess. It'd be worth it for me, and then you know when I hook up the Wii U again in 15 years, when it has like Dreamcast. When you level want to see what, what playing Zombie everyone... U the way it's meant to be played is like. Yeah, exactly. But then I couldn't, so I had to buy a Japanese version, and I'm sort of like playing through it on my Japanese GBA SP now. And I tried to get Order of Ecclesia and what's the other one on DS? M- music of Monsters. Really I don't know. I can't. I forget what it's called. I try. I, Order of Ecclesia. I haven't played. And what the other good? Is that Harmony of Dissonance? Maybe. Harmony I ordered the of two DS games. So I'm kind of like on a Castlevania kick. I even rewatched the Castlevania Netflix show because uh, yeah. You really it's really like Castlevania, Castlevania, right? At least for this well, week. Well, I found out this. I found out this week. I really <laughs> did. <laughs> it's better than the Messenger. <laughs> So it holds up. Super Castlevania 4 absolutely fucking does. It really, really does. And like playing a game like that, like it, going back to like when I was playing the Mega Man Legacy Collection, old games that you can see why the game design is so good, but has some of those frustrating parts. Having like the ability to make save states and just sort of enjoy the games for what they are and not get frustrated at having to restart maybe 15 times when you get to a hard part. It's pretty good, but even then, like, it still took me ages to defeat death the uh, in the boss rush towards mm-hmm. the end of the game because that guy's a dick. But Dracula, he's not so bad. He's quite easy. So, yeah, a game holds up really well. Really, really well. It takes about six or seven hours to finish. It's fucking fun. The game is good. Anyway, I'm done. Um. So, yeah, I guess, I guess it's surprising then that... Uh... 
uh, you had to deal with a natural disaster this week, um, which 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 did not necessitate a uh, a a a week without the dad and sons. Matt, however, did not have his his thing set up, but now you do. Now you do. You're in California. You 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 started a new job. I, I bet yeah. you have some stories to tell. Uh, stories. Yes. Yeah. You, you did your 36 <laughs> uh, mile drive. You you sold all your your worldly possessions on Craigslist. Yes, I sure did. Well, it, Craigslist is not the new thing anymore because uh, you know people get murdered, um, and uh, so it's like offer up and let go and all these. Uh, they're they're sponsoring us this week. Uh, um, yeah, so. <laughs> I like sold my computer and everything like that, my beautiful monitors, um, and packed everything in my car and drove to California uh, straight through and uh, had like, I don't know, a ton of Red Bulls, (laughs) a ton of Red Bulls, which I think affected my brain uh, for at least a week. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just at least a week. It's just like, oh man, keeping your your brain up for like that long for sure. Like your sentences are just not finishing properly. Yeah, it's it's mm-mm. not so good. Not doing that again. Um, no, nothing too crazy. But I, I mean, I I gotta ask for people who live in California. There's something I noticed. Um, first of all, there's a lot of things about California that n- no one says. Okay, just, just, just no one talks about. Um, Go and, on. Yeah, are, are you gonna? <laughs> no one. <laughs> are you gonna talk about them? Okay, have you moved away from like conservative America into like freedom, truly democratic, do whatever the fuck you want, America? And is it is it freaking you out a little, Matt? No, no, I. It's all right. So East Coast is is totally different. Um, East Coast, you know, you're. You're, it's like you 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 buy the book and everything, and then West Coast is just super relaxed. I mean, weed is legal over here. As long as you're 21, you're good to go. So you smell that junk everywhere. Like people are just now. I'm not, I'm not saying people are just smoking on the streets. Well, people are smoking on the streets, but it's not like what you think. It's not like a drug world. Um, uh, this is dispensaries and stuff out here. But the thing I noticed. Um, is in the bathrooms. For some reason, the stalls are a little bit lower. What? I just want to ask the people who live in California, why are the stalls... I am not necessarily a tall guy, but six feet, like... You mean the, the toilet seats are, like, too low to the ground? The, no, or the... No, no the, the ones that you stand up. Oh, the, the urinals? Oh, the they urinals. are too low. They're, they're low. So when you pee, it <laughs> splashes on the on like below the knee. This is the first thing we're talking about after you move to California. Are you? But that's the first thing I realized. Sh- <laughs> it's like, is what? it just your building? No, it's everywhere. Everywhere I go, all the restaurants I go to. What? It they, they, all the urinals are. St- are low. Why? I thought urinals were created equally. In I this don't like it splashing on my knees, man. It's like I, I rather I just rather go to the toilets. Rather go to the toilets. I just go to the toilets, and I was like, oh my god, no! I don't want to feel like like urinal cake juice on my on my I knees. I don't remember that. No. I, I've been a couple times, but I didn't really pay attention to the 
elevation of the urinals. I I don't know, man. This is something you just realized, man. This is <laughs> <laughs> but um, California is well. I'm I'm living in uh, right now with family until I figure out where I want to be. So if uh, if anyone who lives in California has any suggestions, <laughs> let me know. Um, that Denson's uh, reach. I'm thinking about San Diego right now because it's uh it's really nice over there. And plus, I'm young. And I probably want to meet people, so I probably should be in the city. <laughs> I said, this beautiful, I mean, this place is beautiful. This place is, there's mountains everywhere. The sun hits them just right. It looks like a painting. You know, I drive like hours every day, and it, I don't even feel it. Ooh. It could oh, be the oh, honeymoon yeah. phase. No, California is beautiful. How many hours do you drive to work? It's freaking amazing. Like, it's, it's great. And I want to live in the mountains so badly, but there's nothing to do in the mountains. I'm like... Let me not make that decision. <laughs> Let me live in a city. Wait, um, how long the city is great to too. To work, did you say? Say again. How long does it take you to get to work? Um, well, it, to drive up to like where like some like, it's uh, about like an hour and twenty, hour and thirty. Because I live in like late, um, uh, what was it called? Um, not Apple Valley. San Andreas. <laughs> San. <laughs> I live behind the mountains. I live behind. I live behind the mountains, and um, it's like a little community there that they're building. It, it seems like California is spreading out um, to the east a bit to make even more cities. That's and, might be a problem. And, uh, there's a lot of space. Yeah, yeah. Of I think there's space. like a, a real problem with the state being too big as it is. Yeah, it, there's a lot of people building like really nice houses just in the middle of the <laughs> desert. <laughs> what could go wrong? <laughs> just in the middle of the desert. It's 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 freaking fantastic. Um, but yeah, yeah, I uh, it, it's it's been it's been beautiful, and uh, I need to find a place uh to s- stay, and I don't want to deal with noisy neighbors. Um. But I think I'm going to have to just to live in the city because the houses there are out of my price range because things are expensive here. Yeah. Okay. Okay. People say that. People say that California is expensive. I don't think it really is. You just said it was. No. Okay. Just the rent is expensive. And it depends on how much you're making. That's like the only relevant number when, when judging if a place is expensive. But okay, okay, true, ish, <laughs> true, ish, true. But you could find you could find places for like, okay, all right, all right, all right. In in Georgia, what's what's like? Georgia's I guess cheap. the regular for a city, like a thousand, right? You could find things for like a thousand for a thousand a month, right? In yeah, Atlanta, yeah, yeah. Well, you you could definitely sort go of? You could definitely go cheaper. You'd, you'd have to look. Okay, but, well, uh, well, a thousand would be like the quick and dirty. Uh, I just drove over here for a day. I'll take what I can find, right? Oh, okay. Um, well, okay. <laughs> well, in San Diego, uh, the rent is about like fourteen and up. Uh... Fourteen. <laughs> 
fuck that noise. No, how do you live? <laughs> so imagine just like a chunk of your paycheck just going. There it goes. A chunk? You mean all yeah. of it? <laughs> Speaking of chunks of paychecks, how's the job? Uh, the job is cool. The job is cool. It's uh, it's it's fun. I mean, I get to <laughs> to play games. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! I didn't. I didn't think you liked playing games, man. Listen, listen, listen. I it's just a demanding job as <laughs> micro center. <laughs> no, I can say it now. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how. Oh specific. god! Now people are gonna go back and listen to all the things I said about micro now, center. Because now you, oh, you, you have to like beat around the bush of your current employer, but now you're totally off the hook for your previous employer. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fuck Microsoft and them. <laughs> All right, sorry. It's about time. No, no, Microsoft is great. Great job. Great job. Uh, I enjoyed working there. Learned a lot of things from Microsoft and met a lot of good people. Yeah, uh, retail is definitely a struggle. Let me say. Um, I don't know. Yeah, but uh, uh, <laughs> I'm a little. I'm a little glad to be out of it. You're out, Matt. You've done. You've done your time. You're out, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I think. I think. I, I think. Me and George said this before. I think you have to work retail once in your life or twice in your life. It yeah, gives yeah. you perspective. Yeah. It builds character. Absolutely. It builds character. It, does. it teaches it does. you how normal people work. You can. You can tell people who haven't worked a retail job, who have just went from like school to. You know, living with their cushy parents to straight into, you know, a good job they after think it's college. So easy. You can, you can kind of tell. Yeah, life is easy. No hardships. No have to pay rents. No, none of that. You know, um, we love all you guys in the audience. I apologize. Yeah. Please keep listening. Don't, don't listen to that. But I agree. I agree. Um, nothing, nothing made me the, the mentally strong human being I am today other than trying to sell Wii U accessories to old women at Christmas. That that Man, sounds... What? You're already selling a hard-to-sell product to a completely alien demographic. Yeah. And trying to explain that the Wii and the Wii U are different, yet they use the same accessories and peripherals. Oh, my God. Thanks, Yeah, Nintendo. they messed that up. Thanks, they Nintendo. Up so bad. One time, but it made me the man I am today. One time, my, my my shitty summer job in high school was was working at a theater for one summer, and uh, a child left a live worm behind the uh, one one of the first viewings of Pirates of the Caribbean two. <laughs> so I had to figure out what to do with the live worm. There was a used condom in the prize grabber. I had to clean the dumpster for a day, and I smelled like. I smelled so bad they sent me home. <laughs> Yummy. Oh, I will man. admit, I will admit the best job the best job I ever had, the job I enjoyed the most was pseudo retail. The job I, I used liked to work the most was washing dishes. Like there's crappy jobs that can be really therapeutic and, and yeah, a I, little fun. The best honest honestly, I don't know whether it's like rose tinted glasses, but the best the best job I, I feel like I ever had was I used to drive and like I remember like ice cream vans. Do you have that in America? Oh yes, like, we do. And and 
<laughs> they're like a childhood staple that's also always suspiciously yeah. like, like shady and ghetto, Sleep, creepy. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Same, same in the UK. But like in the summer, I used to work for this sort of older guy who would he would like send out like three or four ice cream vans to like drive up and down like the beach in the mm-hmm. summer. So first off, I only worked when it was sunny. So being in the UK, it rained most of the time. So I always had days off and that was great. Um, but then when I did work, I used to just, you know, drive up and down this van selling ice creams. And like on non-busy days, I just used to get a sit there, play the DS. I was reading through Game of Thrones at the time, eating all the free ice cream I wanted. It was fucking glorious. And you're like outside in the world interacting with people. Yeah, that, no, because every day I worked, it was a sunny day because that's the only time he'd ever require me. So I was like out chilling in a van, like on the beach in the sun, playing the DS. Literally chilling. I played through like, I played through <laughs> Golden Sun and the sequel to Ooh, it during that Golden summer. Golden Sun. Yeah. On these sunny days during your golden yeah. years. Man, that was a good job. He paid well, too. So, uh, speaking of activities that blur the line between working and playing, um, oh God. Uh, uh, Vorpix, as, as I'm sure Matt Visual knows, uh, I feel like skims that category. <laughs> hey, Matt. I finally yeah. uh, 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 shoved the PSVR into my PC's uh, delicate um holes oh seriously yeah if you want to laugh at me for buying a psvr now is the time my friend because oh god what happened (laughs) i don't know if i got the last laugh because this thing was like 200 bucks but (laughs) seeing it try to do some made for pc games is hilarious seeing it play games that were not made for vr is inspirational and wonderful and also hilarious um so for those who don't know there is a program called trinus psvr that you can install to get a psvr um hooking into your pc and it fools your pc into thinking it's an htc vive which then means you have to get steam vr running which is a middleware on steam's end and nothing works without it i i don't know how different it is for oculus people but it's it's always creeped me out ever since I started experimenting with this thing, how ubiquitous Steam's middleware needs to be when hooking into any and all VR applications. You basically are going to have Trinus hooking into your PSVR running in the background. Then Steam VR is going to be running in the background. Then the game is going to be running. And if it's a uh, made-for-controller game on Steam VR, it's, it's pretty all right. I downloaded uh, Shinwa, Hellblade Sacrifice. They have a VR version for that that almost works pretty much perfectly on the thing. You, you can yeah. actually um, unlock some higher refresh rate and resolution this way, uh, but you have to go through some steps. The PSVR headset can output uh, 120 FPS maximum. It's really, really glitchy in that mode. You start seeing double. It can output 90 hertz. Uh, in that mode, you start seeing double unless you set all of your monitors on the computer to 1080p 90. Um, that was that wow. was a trick. There were a lot of tricks to learn. Oh boy! And on the console, it's just or 60. you could just buy a real For what? one. Like what is what are they nowadays? Four hundred dollars? No, 
No, there's been deals for like the Oculus for like three hundred. Yeah, yeah, well, let's see times. about that. Oculus Rift, Amazon. Um, um. Oh, I mean, I mean. <clears throat> let's uh, put it this way. How much was yours, Matt? Hmm. I bought it when it first came out. You can't use me. <laughs> you can't. You can't use me. Okay. Well, they're four hundred. They're four hundred dollars now. Matt's gonna have to sell his anyway to pay his rent. They're four hundred dollars so. used. Oh. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> nope. <laughs> so, um, Hellblade. Time to live in the mountains. <laughs> I hope rent is cheap in those mountains, so you can afford your your via. It is. It is, and and the houses are bigger. <laughs> Try not to be jealous. Um. So so. So, like, I'm looking down the list of games that you played, and, like, it's, like, Skyrim, yeah, okay, yeah. we know that's got a VR version. Alien Isolation, that's got a VR version. But, well, forget those two. Wait, wait, wait no, the thing is... Let's talk about F-Zero GX and Metroid Prime 3 in VR. You can, can, can download a custom version of Dolphin called Dolphin VR, and if you're George, you may or may not have gotten a $20 Dolphin bar in the mail this week. Uh, so that you can can basically put a, a Wii-style IR sensor bar on top of your monitor that also acts as a Bluetooth dongle that that uh, interfaces with real-ass Wii remotes so that you can play games like uh, uh, F-Zero GX, which is fucking incredible. Like, I can't believe more yeah, people have not hyped this. Yeah, mind-blowing. It absolutely is. It's what I wanted Wipeout to be. Like, it's... Seeing a game look this fast from the first-person camera mode too in in VR with that many racers crammed on the track, it, you feel dwarfed by by the size of the roller coaster loops, the 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 giant like skyscrapers and space stations that the uh, tracks loop you around are just um so incredibly smooth and inviting to look at with head tracking, glancing left and right and seeing this huge like phalanx of other racers on either of your sides is a sensation that that Wipeout on the actual PSVR can't really uh, uh, provide. And it's um in VR, it's 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 a lot more obvious that the game was made in 2003 with uh or, or was it four one of those years with uh, very, very behind-the-times technology. And on the emulators, my god, you gotta go through a long, long trial-and-error process of figuring out which buttons to tick that uh, fix the problems. In F-Zero, there was a, a desert level that just would slow down incredibly unless you turned off the, the heat wave post-processing effect. And then the uh, Aeropolis uh, skyscraper level just would not load unless I... Um, uh, what was what was the trick for 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 that one? I, I I was I believe it was turning off some XFB emulation thing. There was also some frame skipping I had to do that none of the guides ever mentioned. But my grand hope, my grand ambition of of plugging VR into the Dolphin emulator was getting Metroid Prime games working with it. The Metroid Prime Trilogy Collection. Have you guys played that? It's really yes, fucking no. good. It's Metroid Prime, yeah. one through three, all in one disc. But how is it in VR? You know, because well, the UI is like set up mm, to be yes, yes. the perfect, perfect simulation of the Samus simulator. Um, well, the Samus Aran VR experience. As as a true fan, a true believer, I I downloaded the uh, <laughs> wait, I 
I have a copy of the trilogy collection on my Wii, so so I did not feel bad about putting a copy of the trilogy collection inside of this emulator, and it doesn't work great during the uh, all the scenes in which I tried to load up of Metroid Prime One and Three. There would be this little picture-in-picture -picture bubble floating around Samus's left eye that just would not go away and completely distorted the whole image. Apparently, though, the GameCube standalone version of Metroid Prime One works great with really? with a with a sticky visor and and head tracking. However, then you don't get the motion controls. The the more what you would assume to be VR friendly motion controls, like like in a regular VR game where you're waving a gun around. Um, is is not something you're gonna get to enjoy if you try right now as of September 4th 2018 to play Metroid Prime in in VR. Metroid Prime 3 is the one that supposedly has better support. I have seen YouTube guides that have walked me through a process that didn't end up panning out. Uh, Samus's helmet cuts off halfway up the screen in VR in Metroid Prime 3. If you play the standalone version of Metroid Prime 3, that weird little bubble that floats around is not there. Which is the weirdest freaking thing that they have better support for the standalone versions of the games than the compilation versions. Um, and also the... You know how you had to move your reticle to the edge of a screen to look left or right or up or down? I really want to experience it, but like, one... The trouble is I'd have to buy a VR headset, and all the loops you've had to go through to do it just sound tedious. There's there's all those loops. There's tons of loops, one of which is making sure you don't get disoriented when, when you wave that cursor in the wrong spot. You, you're basically moving your head and your hand in sync with one another and hoping that you don't look too far, because the bounding box for the Wii, like still capturing your, your IR cursor, is uh, going to be in the front of Samus's orientation at all times. Not necessarily yours, mm. even though you can decouple your face from her and look around. I was really, really hoping that Metroid would be like, you know, the the, the obvious uh, uh, a killer app that, that would make perfect sense. The game seems almost like it was designed for VR by coincidence. But but it's really F-Zero that, uh, that, that wowed me. F-Zero. Oh, man. I want to experience that. It's like the white. It feels like wipe, the wipeout, PSVR. It, you've played that as well. Oh yeah, you? yeah. I did a lot of the the synth stream. Which, which one's better? I don't know if the internet would believe me if I said F Zero. Like it's just a, it's it's one of if not the best racing games of all time but with a more immersive camera angle, basically, at this point. And also, um, the other interesting thing is that a lot of uh, PC games that I was playing, like like Alien Isolation and Shinwa, would show up real pixelated and blurrier than I would be used to in the VR headset because of the, the lower resolution. Now you're zoomed in real, real close into the pixels of that image. However, for, for GameCube games that originally ran in 480p, you're actually looking at a sharper, clearer image, even through the headset. Like, distant terrain in F-Zero has better visibility in VR than it does in the base game. When, when you hmm. up the internal resolution of that emulator, 
and uh, strap yourself into a, a hyper-zoomed-in version of that image right up in, in, in everything's face, you can make out a lot more detail than even on the original console. It's really freaking cool. And, and it also makes me really sad that Nintendo has yet to commit to a, a, a new F-Zero game. Because this... Oh, this... I've wanted to see what so many of these games look like from this perspective for so many years that it's gratifying finally getting my VR F-Zero. It's so gratifying. It's like childhood freaking dreams are coming true here. And and it takes about an hour and a half per game to even get things in a playable state. <sighs> the day Nintendo yeah. does VR... Oh. Well, I'm pretty sure they are. They, they, you could take off the little handles, little Joy Cons, I mean, and slide like those... it straight into a little thing. And then yeah, you, like you, you can do with like the the Samsung Gear and stuff like that. Like, you use there it are rumors. Well, that, isn't there also a theme park attraction they have that actually is an official Nintendo VR Mario Kart themed? Oh experience? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's yeah in uh, Shinjuku. Yeah, it's in Shinjuku in the VR zone, the Namco VR zone. They have the Mario Kart thing, and it's fucking amazing. I, I wonder. They, it's really are they using yeah, I wonder vibes? Who's... Because most of them do. Yeah, it they was use vibes, vibes at the the yeah. one we yeah. So uh, recommended if if you have a headset, any VR headset, whether it's a PSVR or a PC headset. I recommend checking out some of the Dolphin VR library compatibility. It's fun tinkering around with that stuff. Um, but I gave some other games a go. There's there's some there's some good meat here. There are some games I want to replay uh, just for VR. Skyrim in particular like works fine um, after Oof. an hour and a half of fiddling with Vorpix. Alien Isolation works beautifully. A fan made a mod for it. You don't even have to fiddle with Vortex, uh, Vorpex. Both of them have VR. Alien Isolation right? yeah, does you, yeah. not, right? Yeah, Wait. but Skyrim does. I thought I thought Alien I'll Isolation play a little bit did Skyrim. have VR. Um, Alien Isolation had a canceled VR mode that I think some fans were able to dig up and re-release. It was for yeah. uh, it was okay. for the Oculus DK2, I think. Uh, nowadays, if you just if you want to get VR, the quick and dirty method is to install a mod of FanMade that automates a lot of the fine-tuning. It also completely gets rid of the game's um, peaking controls under the faith that it can replace them with positional controls, which you can actually do with the PSVR on PC. There is a button you can tick that enables a terrible room scale where, where your helmet and viewpoint is, are shivering constantly. Getting controllers working was something that was impossible. You have to buy a PS3i from last gen. You have to buy two of them and place them at two different angles to track controllers and actually play like super hot or onward on pc why why save are you doing money this what you're not saving, no, not money, saving money though you bought two cameras no, I, didn't. I bought a dolphin bar and some shareware software oh how much money are you really saving george Instead of getting like an well, Oculus. Let's see, it was $200 for the PSVR. I probably spent about $15 on Shrinus, $60 on Vorpex. That's $275. 400 minus $275 means I'm saving about $130 something. And, and that's, that's worth it for you for all that yeah. work? When you could literally just plug in the, the, the freaking Oculus and it, and it works. 
Well, just like that. Later in life, you know, when I'm like a grown dad, I'd like to plug money into my kid and give them a college fund. And a hundred and thirty dollars have th that changed. A penny Everything. saved is a penny earned, my 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 my, my dude. <laughs> Wait, what were you about to say? <laughs> I uh, I I don't know. I um, was just coming up with a my, my, an, my, an, my. an affable, uh, you know, euphemism. <sighs> were you going to use the word that I used before the podcast? <laughs> George is racking his brain to remember what that was. Full well knowing. It's okay. Don't don't hurt yourself. <laughs> I oh boy, I really have to go to the bathroom. Um. feeling we're not in Brooklyn no more. Luigi! Reggie! You better not hurt! They're brothers. They're plumbers. Oh no. Luigi! They're on the trail of a kidnapped princess and a mystical meteorite. It's incredible! That gives anyone who possesses it the power. To rule the universe. Get me the rock! Come and get it, lizard breath! Oh! Now, they must rescue the princess. Luigi! Alien species escaping. And make it safely back. Later, alligator. To our world. Are you alright? Before time runs out. Mario Brothers, this ain't no game. And we have returned from said toilet. Wow. Why toilet wow. instead of bathroom? Gross. Because Gross. We don't say bathroom in the UK. But you just say toilet. I, I feel like bathroom is just a euphemism to keep people from having to mention the toilet. To say, yeah. toilet? I don't know, George. What did you do? Did you go and shower? I don't think Ooh, so. I, 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 I kept myself decent. I didn't do anything unchristian. You, did, you didn't get did poop particles? You got a little spray bottle? Oh, I'm never going to live it down. Quick five minutes of Into the Breach with some poop particles. Oh, God. Um. Uh, so... We have news. CDPR is starting to put out their gameplay of Cyberpunk to the public. Uh, they <laughs> oh, I got saw like that. a 48-minute video. <laughs> yeah. So this was the E3 demo, right? This is like all the journalists who had seen the E3 demo. They were like, "This is the one. This is the one we saw. This is the one that blew our minds." Maybe I, I thought that one was let. No, it, it was. Okay, it cool, was. cool. So. So, did it blow your mind? I don't know if it blew my mind, but it, it looked promising. Yeah. Oh, god damn it. Am I being a pessimist again? 
I don't know, because I also did not think it was mind-blowing. But I still think it looks yeah, really cool. Yeah, it's not mind-blowing. It looks good, it's like, though. It looks Crisis good. No, don't get me wrong. It looks fucking sex. good. And the, the one thing that... I mean, I tweeted about this, but the one thing that fucking blew my mind is... As someone who has, like, a sort of media under, like medium understanding of how video games are made, like... There is so much fucking variety in that game. Like, from the different camera angles and the way... They, like, when she goes into, like, the augmented Deus Ex bit where she gets, like, new upgrades and they, like, take her eyes out <laughs> and they the give Robo-Copper. her new eyes, but the camera changes to, like... But the camera changes to look at, like, your player character and then it moves with yeah. the guy holding it and stuff like that. Like, that kind of shit must be, must be so hard to rig and just... Have all these swinging cameras and the the changing perspective all the Literally time. How many different? There's so bullets. many like there were. I don't even want to say guns. I want to say bullets because yeah. there's like curving yeah, bullets there's just and so floating bullets on. and hovering bullets, shooting through the wall and like making holes bigger, like with actual real time like destruction where you're actually shooting, not like predetermined destruction. Is fucking there are amazing. scenes in this uh, game where the character air dashes in midair in slow motion while firing bullets that curve around to like the bad guy's weak spot, and and I don't know I can't say it's mind blowing like uh, like like a like a, a a religious experience. Um, um, a, a first time experience for 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 any new medium, but it is pretty darn cool. It looks good. Yeah. It looks it looks good. I, I can't wait to play it, really. Yeah. I mean, I How mean, do you feel about like all the uh the cyberpunkness? To I look, did it, did it feel fine. cyberpunky? Did it feel I mm. absolutely I would say. I mean, I'm not familiar with the uh original like when she drives out of the like the city towards the like um, what the sewer part whatever it is did feel very I have, I'm, like California you know <laughs> like those big ditches those big what do you call them storm drains I, I just gonna call them a ditch yeah storm drains and I was like this is like straight out of GDA yeah and it also uh, it, it takes place during daytime which is a little unconventional for uh, the genre there's definitely going to be night sections, though. Oh, and it's going to be gorgeous, there's I bet. No, Wait, I wonder why they no haven't showed it off. Gonna, yeah, there's no way they're not going to Blade Runner that thing maybe, with all the Maybe. Neon, with all the neon you've oh, ever needed. Oh, I hope it doesn't look bad. I hope it really doesn't look bad. That teaser trailer took place at night, but everything else since then has been at day. Mm, maybe that. Everything else? I mean, there's only been one demo, right? Did I miss there something else? There was the else? trailer? No, they... They, they've uh, yeah the trailer the trailer's like six years old. So. No, no the the E oh, three okay. trailer the the one with the red chip tunes. Yeah, the the trailer the trailer oh, was, okay, is yeah. so different than uh than the final product. I was hoping to see something with that. It's surprising <laughs> that there's uh not as much it was just like a con- combat and action as uh many many other games comparatively like it it really is a i was kind of disappointed that it was mostly guns like you had like the mantis blade thing Mm. but there wasn't so much like augmented 
cool ass technology that I would be expecting. Yeah. It felt a little Deus Ex Mankind at times, but I want like cool. I want a katana. Oh my man. god. Yeah. I want cool like chopping people into weird cyborg pieces weapons. Oh my god. The mantis yeah. blades look cool, but we need more more of that stuff. Yeah. Not just guns. Or a hammer. Like a <laughs> I don't know how that would work. That probably that would probably How be would that hell. make sense in the setting? You could have a future matter. hammer. I, I, the hammer could tell the time. Yeah, it could also have like a modem on it. Every time you hit someone, it'd be like, it's 10.30! And you hit my again, it's 10.31! <laughs> <laughs> How the hell do you come up with this stuff? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell, the time hammer. <laughs> the time hammer. Someone needs to send a dad, Dad's Den submission in of a game based on time hammer. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, any any uh, final thoughts? I, I I guess I should clarify that that I've I've skimmed. I didn't watch the whole forty eight minutes all the way through. Wow. But, but for this, oh, the segment that I did, because I don't want to spoil. I want to be able to talk. How do I, guys? It's like gonna be like a sixty hour RPG. Forty eight minutes of your time is like to get a taste. You're gonna of it. forget most of it. You're literally gonna forget no, most of it. No, that's not how it worked in the past when I've spoiled stuff before. Like, like, like Mirror's Edge, for example. You watch the trailers and the demos of that game, you know the routes out of the the chase scenes. Uh, as a as a as a recent refresher, um, it was really like Bioshock's Ken Levine demos that did it for me, where where I noticed my playstyle was trying to to live up to the potential of the E3 demos. It made me play the games differently. I have my reasons. In this game, really? well, in this game demo, it was like just shooting. There was like not much you could emulate, apart from the obvious, like you know, the slow plotting of the like where they want you to like look at everything in the room, which no player is ever going to do. They kind of go out of their way to to show you all the different abilities slowly and routes. Plod. Yeah. yeah. Slowly make your way. Nobody does that. But anyways, yeah, no, I think it looks it looks good. Yeah. It yeah. kind of looks like... Not mind-blowing, but good. ...what they described from the text of the closed demo from earlier. I just find it amazing that a studio like CD Projekt Red, which has only made three games, now, like, rivals that of, like, Ubisoft and EA and makes games that are far beyond what they're making. I think it's because they can stretch their budget further. Those those American dollars buy more yeah, in team's Poland. team's pretty big now, and they have like three studios. They even have a studio in Japan. Holy now, crap! Really? Like The Witcher Three must have made a ton of money, as well as like GOG, good old games, because that's their thing as mm -hmm. well, isn't it? So which is still kind of a, a must be niche bank. product. All all things like like when you compare it to yeah. Steam and Origin Steam. and whatnot. Yeah, but Steam has made one like yeah, but Steam made one man a billionaire, so. In terms of the company, it must be making a lot of money. But, you know, like, Jesus. The Witcher 3 came out in, what, 2014? That's four years ago. And Cyberpunk has been in development for, what, five years now? Well, the, the, the good thing is that they like, can afford to take their time. 
But that's the thing. I'm asking, can they? Like, they've only made three games. Like, even if you you sell millions of copies of The Witcher 3, like, if you have a big team and a couple of studios, like, you're going to run out of money. But in the Polish economy, those millions of copies are going to buy more than they would if the studio was headquartered in, in, in a... A more expensive Poland economy. Like a third world country. It's a hell of a lot cheaper than most of the ones the three of us have probably spent most yeah, of our time in. Yeah, but still paying people affordable salaries, uh, talented people, affordable salaries, keeping studios lights on, and you know. I don't know. I kind of like the idea stuff. of uh, dollars going going further for these people who can afford to keep up more niche products and uh, branch out and diversify their styles. I mean, okay, Western developers. Cyberpunk is not niche. Like that game is gonna sell a lot. Yeah, I, I, I guess CDPR quit being niche at Witcher Three, huh? Nah, uh, well, yeah. Even the Witcher Two, you could argue, when it came to Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty. I, I don't, I don't know if it's. Can it still be considered niche if like Obama has a copy? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Here's our greatest cultural export in the country. I uh I like um uh, uh, uh the Star Wars Jedi Knight games. Those yeah. are cool too. I thought you were gonna choose another president. Uh, <laughs> like Donald Trump. <laughs> no, no, no. I I I don't. Bill Clinton. I, I I don't think I was old enough to to have a fair judgment on that one. Um. Uh. So, speaking of, of getting kids old enough to judge things fairly when they're introduced to them, um, I don't know. This is, this is, I, I got a real fluffy story, you guys. This, yeah. There's, mm -hmm. like, really not much here, except for the little bit of this story that just makes me feel good inside about myself, that might make me, uh, reassure myself that maybe, maybe I was on the right track when growing up, uh... And that is that James Williams, the managing director of the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra in the UK, has said that computer games are an important access point for youngsters to experience classical music for the first time. Which, you know, again, not exactly like super relevant, uh, 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 breaking industry changing news so much is something that I've been wanting to like shake my parents by the shoulders and shout at them all these years for. Because video game music, uh, by design, is like more mel melodic and, and less vocally, and it gives uh, plenty of composers great opportunities to hit a more classical style and expose kids to all sorts of uh, instruments and theories and uh, music histories pretty that they much, would not know otherwise. Pretty much every famous Japanese composer of music for the NES or the Super Nintendo that made all the best fucking soundtracks are all classically trained composers. And you can kind of tell when 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 you hear them, the beeps and boots still like hit an orchestral sense of grandeur the sometimes. Bases, like, yeah. oh man, what what is it? Act Act Razor, I think, is uh, that that SNES game with the uh, particularly orchestral MIDI um, synth board. Anyways, um, like. Castlevania yeah, music. Yeah, yeah, Castlevania music. Just fucking dope. The <laughs> I feel so incredibly dorky for bringing it up, but the uh, Metal Gear Solid 3 soundtrack by Harry Gregson Williams <laughs> is something that blew my mind because of how uh, the 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 woodwind and the drums of the music evoke the setting and how perfectly paced it was to the the game the developers were making on like 
the other side of the world after they finished outsourcing their music. I will have... I will admit, if it, you know, the first thing you think of with music, of course, is Snake Eater because it's incredible. But the second thing you think of is like the snake standing or waiting, and the like wood, the woodwind going off in the background, and then getting like a codec call or something. The like caution that. Like, theme. It is very iconic. That woodwind sound I, from. I, I mean, like first thing I noticed as as a kid when when that caution timer started ticking down was seeing it tick to the music. Second thing I noticed was that I would time my moves to the music. And then third thing was like, oh my god, if I put two and two together, suddenly I now realize that music affects people's mood. It affects people's behaviors. There is a demonstrable difference in the way I played games um, as a kid when turning the background music on and off. Have you guys ever tried that? Uh, no. You, you never, like, set the music <laughs> off and realized how creepy and quiet uh, uh, Mega Man would suddenly get? Uh, it's weird, because depending on what game I'm playing, I'd rather listen to, like, podcasts or videos. Depends. But with, like, Super Nintendo games, I can't imagine playing them without the music. Because... It's almost at times that I prefer the music to the game. Like I'm much more like I've I've sort of realized as years pass, like the fondness I have for video games completely stems from the music. I I could totally feel ya. Yeah. Like the game design sits there as someone who like is interested in that that kind of thing, but when I think of like Mega Man or Super Metroid or you know Chrono Trigger and stuff like that, I don't think about like the battles or the gameplay I had. Like it's great and they're fun to play, but Ultimately, like, immediately, as you say the word Mega Man, it's like, Mega Man 2, Dr. Wily's stage, or the or the intro, and, and, you know, Chrono Trigger, I think of fucking Corridors of Time, immediately, like, music is the thing that sticks out to me, I am such a sucker for chiptune music, <laughs> and music of that I era, I... like, I love composed, orchestrated pieces, like Snake Eater and stuff like that, and... Some soundtracks are incredible, but God fucking damn it! Like someone cut me over and I just bleed like chip tune. Music. When I was oh my going through Metroid Prime again, I couldn't believe how much more I remembered of the Finjana drifts music than I did of the actual level. It's crazy. Like even like games like you know Shovel Knight and stuff like that, which aren't that old. I'm like, I fondly sit back and I'm like, oh, what a good time that was thinking of the music. So they did a survey, about 15% of kids that were surveyed said they uh, got into music through computer games, 11% concerts, most popular is still film and television, but I'm actually honestly surprised it's not a bigger number, because games to me feel like a more musically driven medium than film and television. Yeah, absolutely. There are literal I was going to say, games. like, apart from... Apart from, like, Game of Thrones, I don't remember any TV show's theme. Maybe cartoon themes, maybe. Or Breaking Bad, like the sort of banjo twang. I, I saw an anime called Ghost Stories this week, and that, that theme got stuck in my head for a little while. I mean, anime's a little different, isn't it? Anime is like music. It's like video game music, I feel like. It's, like, so integral to... Like, anime intros are, like, people get so hyped about that. Like, 
people even choose what anime to watch based on how good the intro is and the song and stuff. Wait, like that. wait, wow. hold up. And you and you're yeah. giving me. And you're saying that I have like weird media selection bias practices. You don't even watch the stuff. Yeah, you, don't really you just don't watch stuff, stuff though. You, you, oh my god. We're not gonna talk <laughs> about this right now. You're not gonna. You're not gonna just make excuses for yourself, okay? It's not what we're gonna do right now. Just because other people are weird doesn't mean you're not weird. Speaking of making excuses for other people who are weird. Yes. Dad Den returns. Oh, wow. That works. Okay. Don't don't start with me, George. I'll be here all day. So Dad Den, <laughs> for those listeners who do not know, is a bi-weekly segment in which we will be. This is a bi-weekly, <laughs> a bi-weekly segment. In which we'll be. Oh my god. Castlevania is fucking great. Why is it taking me like. Well, I knew Castlevania was great when I was younger, but fuck. Now I'm 28, I'm like, god damn it. So many years. Let's talk wasted. about more Castlevania stuff, just right now. Right, right now. now? In the middle of, of, right of now. the Dad Din is... intro? I'm done. Okay, I'm done. I've, uh, so, for those who don't know, Dad Din is a bi weekly segment in which we will be listening to, judging your game idea submissions. Please, si please send in Castlevania submissions too. Send them to oh Dad and Sons Podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Include a, a short emphasis on the short, but uh, you're, you're, you're allowed to write like two, three sentences. Include short paragraphs mentioning your game's name, its gameplay, its uh, style and themes, as well as its projected time and money budget. We will be selecting yes. the, uh, we'll be rotating, you know, our hosts, selecting, uh, two or three submissions per week, depending on what appeals to each of our tastes as we, as we try to play it off on the others. So for this week, I have two dad dens for my two lovely dads. The very first submission we have is from a listener by the name of Bram Cracker, who I believe I have seen in and out of the Super Bunny Hop Discord as well. This game is Magnum Zeox 3. In the 1930s, adventurous duo Amelia Nichols and Greg Starling travel into the Bermuda Triangle in an airplane to investigate mysterious visions on the shores of Florida. They are then brought through a portal across space to the land of Mars! When they arrive, they find the people of Mars subjugated under a brutal empire and its leader, Carter. They must rally the planet together and find the magical item, the Magnum Zox, to save the red planet and Earth from Carter's conquest. I keep reading it as Xerox. <laughs> Xerox? The Magnum Xerox like is trying to save them. the red planet and Earth. Yeah, they're trying to find the magical Xerox machine. So, Magical Xerox <laughs> 3 might seem like a traditional JRPG at first, with an overworld dungeon's party members to collect and towns to explore, but when you enter a battle, everything changes. Inspired by the combat of the arcade classic Wild Guns, with your care ooh, with the characters in the foreground moving side to side, shooting up at the enemies in the background, battles are shooting galleries that test your reflexes as well as the strength of the gear you collect. Oh, so it's a light gun shooter. Oh, it might. So it's like similar to like Undertale, oh. where the, the actual like attacking yeah. is like a shooter. Because there's still an overworld dungeon, party members, 
but the combat to is a light gun style shooter. Okay, um, let me let me let me keep going with the 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 pitch here. Uh, shoot up the enemies, pause the battle to ready up items or special attacks, huh. and switch characters on the fly to exploit different weaknesses. The combat will give the game a more active experience than traditional turn-based games in a new way. So now I'm kind of picturing like a FF11 system? No, no, an FF12 system, like a Kingdom Hearts system, but with guns... I'm wondering at what point in the control scheme your cursor, your crosshairs that you have to aim at bad guys comes into yeah, play. Yeah, this is weird because like he's trying to make like an active and fast, um, be like like combat away from RPG, but then you have to pause the battle to like queue up. I mean, special attacks and items. X. I, I'm trying to think of like strategic tactical games that also have a, a twitch time skill-based reaction element to them. Undertale is mm-hmm. like the the one that I can think of where, you know, parts of it are like shoot 'em up so you have to dodge and move around, you know, incoming bullets. Which is itself is a really linear story, but that kind of seems like the the idea here anyway. Like this story itself sounds ridiculous. It sounds like like total recall. It sounds like a great fun time and I was wondering how how they could play it off, but this uh wild guns is like just about as absurd. So I feel like the story synopsis is not undoable. Like if it comes with a gun peripheral where you you're playing an RPG with like a light gun, <laughs> I'm, that'd be cool. I'd be down with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I'm all for uh, uh, experimenting with with and styles. And like you can play it one-handed, so control schemes. You know, you can have like the joystick on the gun as well. Like, and you hold it, you can move. Like, you know, the ones that have like the joystick on the top. Yeah, trigger, uh, yeah, yeah the, like a gun con. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be fun. Oh, I hope I hope everyone's okay back there. Anyways, us. Uh, Shit, everyone's <laughs> playing wild guns. For real. Uh, back, back to the pitch. Back to the pitch. The game takes place in a ray gun gothic slash sword and planet style world inspired by Edgar Rice Burroughs, H.G. Wells, and 1930s Flash Gordon serials. Yeah, Wild Guns has has a little like retro future theme. The game will also have a black and white. That that's a bit more like Japanese <laughs> steampunk. The game will have a black and white option with simulated film grain and a Technicolor Ooh. mode if you want. And Technicolor is in quotes, so I guess that means uh, uh, extra saturated and, and washed out, like a Instagram filter mode. Nineteen sixties sepia nostalgia. The graphical. The graphical style will be a flat-colored 2D look similar to Guacamelee. Oh, my... Yeah, dude. I'm picturing it. For a soundtrack, I want a mixture of 30s-era Hollywood movie orchestra music combined with hard, synthy techno. Other notes. If the game is successful, we can make its sequels. Magnum Xerox 2 and Magnum Xerox 1, which is about going backward in time. <laughs> oh my that would God. really confuse everyone. And at the same time, like, it's almost ballsy enough not to fail. I can't, I don't know if, if anyone's been brave enough to do it, but I think at this point in human history, well, people would tolerate sequel did. numbers going backwards. EA did. Yeah, Battlefield, Battlefield 1. 1. The precedent has been set. <laughs> Magnum Xerox 2 and 1 can come after 3. The budget would be around 2 to 3 million dollars to make. 
That seems reasonable. It's 2D. 2D look. Uh, similar to Guacamelee. Flat colored. However, this budget of uh, towns... Man, 2D with black and white, though, that would be really hard to make assets not look all merged together. Yeah, you, might, you might have to limit... It works in 3D because everything has... It works in 3D because you have this sort of physical shape of an object, but in 2D... When you have everything is either one or two colors, it's incredibly difficult to make. With a three million budget, you might be limiting your choice of overworld dungeons and party members to collect and towns to explore, but if we're thinking like an Undertale-style adventure, like a quick six, seven hour uh, replayable um, RPG, but prettier, I, I, I could see that being realistic. It, they, they, they still say it's a 2D look. And that's that's like the grand line. This so isn't far it? seems like the most game game we've had. Mm, more so than wrestler like most... manager. Yeah, but because even that seems like that seemed like a game that would be Ooh. made, but was definitely niche. Where this seems like, I can imagine a few game companies and a few publishers <laughs> out there that would quite happily make this. One game. One thing that I like is the blatant celebration of how absurd it is like like that's what's video gaming yeah. about it right like it's it's a science fiction 1930s steampunk uh uh where you begin on florida and end on mars that's like that's 1980s 1990s video games <laughs> i feel like it would have like underlining like old lucasarts humor to it like day of the tentacle based humor mm-hmm. I feel like that would be the sort of writing narrative style as, that would tie into a game like this. As, as well as uh, uh, giggling at the spectacle. Like, like, like final bosses of Platinum Games are real good at that kind of humor. Yeah. Well, that's like just Japanese people trying to be American <laughs> and getting it wrong. <laughs> Is it funny to them as well? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. I'd be really yeah. interested, actually. They're just like silly Americans. Because there's definitely something that's like uh, uh, affably funny about like uh, like 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 Devil May Cry's attempts to be cool. Yeah, it's so. And I cheesy. wonder if uh, the Japanese that's audience what makes it great. like considers it as cheesily cool, or if they think it's genuinely cool. Well, when you have like anime characters that are like plays upon that, they're always that type of character. As Vincent. Well. So I don't know. Maybe they do think it's Oron. fucking cool. Wait, what? What was the guy with the red coat and the big sword in Final Fantasy X? You just Oron. said his name. I, I feel. Yeah. I, it's I can't believe I remembered something correctly. Anyways, so what do we? What do we think, dads? I'm in. Um, I'm a little confused, but I'm I'm in. I, 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 I gotta say I'm a little confused, but I I have faith that uh that that, that the the vision they have is uh, specific enough to uh, clear the confusion. I'm a little confused as well, but it, it does feel like the most game game we've had so far. It has a very clear style. It has gameplay that is. Not straying too far, but also slightly innovative enough that it would be, like, the big deal in marketing. Yeah, like and... If this was, like, an EA game, it'd be like, look at the crazy combat that you can do, which isn't that crazy, but it is very different from usual stuff. Well, I'm 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 mostly in because of the 
the going in back back in time mechanic. Yeah, and, the sequels uh, is having smaller numbers, <laughs> and uh, it's in Florida. So, yeah, born and raised. You just want to kill people that you grew up with, didn't you, Matt? Hey, let's move on. Can never confirm or deny. To Harry Potter, The Wizarding War by Ogan. Is it? Wait, say that again. Wait, yeah, this is copyright. They 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 want to make a license. So we. So they want to make a license. Right, I'm jumping straight to the budget. Yeah, so, that's exactly ten million. Ten million they're, they're, to make the game and also buy the. They're going to need to buy the license, but the thing have. about buying licenses is that once you you spend a lot of money on the license and rush whatever trash you're at, kids will buy Harry Potter whatever garbage. So okay, well we're also we're about ninety million off like the, the having that license, I guess. So what? But let's really? let's see where where we go. Is it here. that much to make a Harry Potter game? No, obviously not, but I don't think one of the most successful the tentacle monsters. Yeah. <laughs> Harry Potter's tentacle monsters wasn't that much, I'm sure. Yeah. Harry well, Potter's you, tentacle adventure. You basically adventure. don't pay to, to see tentacle <laughs> monsters. <laughs> Harry Potter's your, uh... special tentacle encounter. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the pitch now? That might be the name <laughs> of this like episode. Do you like Harry Potter? Do you like weird hentai? Oh, well, we got the game for I you. I have like you don't even have to pay I for have this. I've been. I, I quick side note. I have absolutely positively loved the like alternate titles I've been coming up with with the podcast. Like I have a, a list here. Uh, don't evacuate. Matt, I honestly thought George was like going to admit that he was like into hentai or something. Yeah, me yeah. into hentai. Silly. Plausible. If you ever watch hentai, it'll just be in a you know a different browser than the one he's actually looking at. You know, offhand listening. Offhand, yeah, just Whoa. listening to the sound. He doesn't even have any lotion or anything. He's just <laughs> like, oh yeah, that's, that's so. Cool. So yeah, well we're here in the like innuendo zone. Um, um, Harry Potter's tentacle encounter is is on the list. It's, it's underneath the time hammer. Uh, don't dead and sons thirty seven. Don't evacuate. Gamers inside. That's Can a potential. Can we just combine them? Can we we have like Harry Potter's Harry Potter the tentacle, tentacle hammer and the the hammer of time. Tentacle hammer of time. I'll, I'll, I'll workshop it. I'll workshop it. I'll see what I can come up with. The hammer of time. Um, but but I, I just I just want to quickly share uh, the the, the oh, previous sweet. podcast. I love this time. Hammer it could have very narrowly. There was a very narrow chance the previous podcast would have been titled "Dad and Sons Number 37, Tom Clancy's Anime Bullshit. Uh, dad yeah, that's Dad and Sons Thirty Seven. The Hump for Dad October. <laughs> the Hump for yeah, Dad October. One. The one when you that, went with. That, ooh, that was good, that was good pun. That was what you get paid for. <laughs> uh, dad and Sons Thirty Seven. Strip good Uno with the boys. That's also a good one. Actually, I like that one better. Why do you get paid? Dad and Sons Thirty Seven. Quote: Tom Clancy's Tony Hawk's Underground. <laughs> Dad and Sons 37, colon, quote, Tom Clancy, get me a soda, over, quote. Wow, there's a lot of Tom Clancy going on. Is there some obsession? No, it's because you spoke for, about the division for 55 minutes. Wait, wait a minute. Excuse me. Excuse me. 
I did not speak about the division fitting my friends. I helped. Okay. I like how you trailed off in the end then, Matt. <laughs> I edited it. It so was Harry Potter. Pretty... Yeah, Harry so Potter. So Harry Potter, the Wizarding by Ogan. <clears throat> All right, let's read the pitch here. Hello, Dad. Din. This one is a shameless money grab, spineless spinoff series. Sorry, I accidentally read that as spineless when it's just spinoff. This one is a shameless money grab <laughs> spinoff series that aims to mash two unrelated licenses with large fan bases. It is Harry Potter, the Wizarding War. And it's basically XCOM 2. Because when you think about oh it, the last God. few books of a Harry Potter story, and this is all in the pitch, by the way, when you think about it, the last few books of the Harry Potter story is essentially the same as the XCOM story. A force, oh, a force invades, takes over the government, an insurgency group picks the fight, and something about the Horcruxes happen on the side akin to the Avatar project. He's not wrong. It's it's a good boiling down of both the stories. You would be playing as the Order of the Phoenix, hiring and training operatives and sending them to missions to disrupt Death Eaters and reacting to their attacks on the wizarding and muggle world. The battle system is the same as XCOM except with wands instead of guns. Operatives learn spells as they level up. You spend resources on wands, research tactical training, etc. The cannon can... The cannon? The cannon can be... They didn't mention a cannon. The cannon can... The cannon carries. The cannon. Oh, wait. It only has one N in it, too. So it could be like the fictional cannon, the, the like teleological reality. That's what he means. And like read the sentence. The cannon can be used haphazardly to form that light story XCOM has. You don't really need to include Harry Potter himself here as the focus should be on the Order of the Phoenix. So finding and destroying Horcruxes can could be tied to mission chains. Canon characters, again with one in, can be randomly acquired from the character pool. Yeah, but when you read like words out loud, so sometimes they sound we're like We're training other kids words. and sending them I out like to die. The, I, I like this. We can have like little wizard children that have permadeath Wait, and they die no, in battle. We're training kids. No, no. Isn't that what they go to Hogwarts what, for? With you? To get trained? We can kill Ron. Ron can die in a mission. Oh no, we killed Harry. <laughs> What happened out there, Harry? Ron didn't make it! As an expansion pack, you can go wacky and bring the XCOM back. Order of the Phoenix contacts muggle governments and gets supplied by soldiers with guns. Supplied yeah, by soldiers with guns. Out. Yeah. I, I mean, guns against kids with, with little sticks. What's the death curse? I, uh, this is not going well. This is not going well, guys. You think the kids might be outmatched? Maybe, because they have sticks in their hand, and they think they can do magic. Well, they can, since it's fiction. <laughs> well, they can yeah. do magic in the game. It's, 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 it's a it's, game. you got to use your imagination. Okay. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. The art style is the art style of previous Harry Potter games. Semi-realistic cartoony people <laughs> to facilitate asset flipping. Bonus points, though, if they... Why can't we have, like, a gritty photorealistic version? Why Why can't we go back to the low-poly Harry Potter games of the, like, turn of the millennium? Most of the cost no. for this goes to a juicy <laughs> licensing deal. <laughs> That's generally how well, we it have works. to buy yeah, the That's that's also what kills these things usually. <laughs> the rest is for art level design and a small programming budget to implement new features. <laughs> a small programming budget. You want to make XCOM like one of the most 
complex games made. But but a small programming need a good programming team. Also, program programmers have way more expensive degrees, which which usually means more expensive employees than than the artists, especially ones who can make XCOM games. Ten million USD could be a realistic number. I hate to say it, but oh, you think so? You think it's not? No, we have to buy the license for it first, and then we have to make an XCOM game. Like, I don't know how much XCOM costs to make, but I imagine it was a lot more than $10 million. XCOM. Enemy unknown budget. I'm I'm very eager. Because $100 million sounds like... Or no, $10 million. Why did I add an extra zero? XCOM, for access, XCOM is a very, very, very big budget game. Because of... uh. Programming yeah, all those different menus and it, systems. It took, it took 50 to 60 people to make XCOM on the team, seriously. Okay. And it took yeah. about three years of development. So you're paying 50 people and for it's three years sucks. of development. <laughs> Whoa. What are you fucking... Let's, let's not He's do just this, cackling. Man. He's cackling back it's there. Not going he's on he's a probably tangent, rubbing maybe. his palms together. <laughs> So, XCOM cost a lot of money to make. And we're making the Harry Potter one and we don't have the license. But, um, um, 10 million. Yeah, I, I, I think the focus of both the license and the pitch and the description of the game is more on the license. I, I'm pretty sure that that's where the budget's going to go by design. <laughs> I mean, something about the very first sentence of the pitch clues me off. Uh, this one is a shameless money grab spinoff series. That I feel like the game would make its money back. For people sure. do love XCOM. Absolutely. People um, also love Harry Potter. So a lot of people like. Harry If you Potter. made a janky, unreliable, underdeveloped, under unfinished version of that concept, there would probably be a lot of people who would buy it before knowing how mediocre it is. Shit, it was. Yeah. Which I yeah. would say. As long as they add some tentacles in there. Gotta have your hairy tentacles. As long as someone says, you're a wizard, Harry. If J.K. Rowling fronts some of her money, some of her billions forward. Then maybe she yeah, could help pay for the Harry Potter license. <laughs> she could maybe sneeze she's a and huge, this game could be made. Maybe she's like a huge fan of XCOM as well. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're just yeah. like... Just yeah. instantly dismissing the idea. She's just, she's, just sat, she's just sat home and just like, fuck yeah, this is uh, the ultimate of, of J.K. Rowling, like, <laughs> like finishing off with her feather quill, the last beautiful line of her next uh, big big series, and, and then she just like takes a, a big fat dump on the toilet and plays XCOM on the Switch and gets poo particles everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a big fat dump. Jeez. We could bring her on to write the DLC, Harry Potter and the Hammer of Time. So while that's happening, while while J.K. Rowling is uh, is 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 playing XCOM on the toilet, this game will be developed within three years of time, says the pitch. Uh, that is the War of the Chosen development time, plus another year for extra assets and story. Sounds fine to me. Three years, you totally could do a yeah. tactical strategy. Three years is... Um, yeah. yeah, this is... this is I don't know. I feel like I'm less cynical about the budget than you guys are. I mean... You need to buy the license. 
but but ten million dollars. You gotta win you over JK. Thing man. is, they're not making Harry Potter movies right now. I I I don't know if yes they, oh, are. they are. What are you talking but about? The series is done. Yes they are. No, no they're making the, the Fantastical Beasts spinoff. Are they making as much money? Has that made the license as valuable as yes. it once was? Yeah, it only expands upon the universe and brings it back into oh the mainstream. Harry Potter's fucking Does this huge mean that anyway. in the like, like the, the 2040s when, when our kids are going to grow up, they're going to be like super into whatever cheap cartoon spinoff of Harry Potter is around by then? Is it going to be a permanent franchise? Like right, let's do, let's let's before we finish, let, let's just talk about budgets for a second to give people a better idea, mm -hmm. right? So, for example, a game like Halo Three, you know, the like third big installment for a, a pretty big franchise. Remember, not on the scale of like Harry Potter, cost like thirty five million dollars to make. Holy crap! Right? And never right? mind. Yeah, I get it now. And that had a marketing budget yeah. of forty million. Yeah, yeah. I so in total, that game took about 70 million dollars to make right and then we have like gta 5 you know oh well not harry potter but that cost 265 million that's an exceptional total. case but that's that's almost 250 times larger a budget than buying the harry potter license and then developing an x that's also game. a very very like boutique high quality game this is a licensed cash grab for a, the kids, and B, the gamers who might be like, eh, XCOM Harry Potter, yeah, sure, I'll rent it, whatever. It's not exactly like aiming for Grand Theft Auto five levels of, of, no, of we're not, budget, I'm sure. We're talking about like a downgrade of 250,000, 250 times. And, and now sorry. I just want to melt. <laughs> Usually double A games cost in the region of about ten million dollars to fifteen million dollars and that's like double A games. It's not gonna look good. You're not gonna see like like hairs tentacles separated, <laughs> writhing, yeah. squirming. The kids, they don't have it's hair. all gonna be one block <laughs> on their head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when they move their head, it's just gonna go with their head. You know, it's gonna be probably Guys, I'm a little nervous. I think uh, I, I felt confident giving my millions to to Magnum Xerox three, but but Harry Potter the Wizarding War sounds a little bit more of a risky investment, e even even with uh, yeah. the Harry Potter license involved. And that's why I'm not giving it my money. I think I think I will take my money from Xerox <laughs> and give it to Harry Potter. <laughs> what? I'll Daisy double Chaining. up on, on Harry Potter. What? I'll give it Bold financial strategy. California's changed you. You, 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 you're <laughs> slinging your money around willy-nilly. Uh, Fucking, yeah, willy-nilly. This is an opportunity in... of a lifetime here. Oh, to you, I guess. Can you imagine the You don't even profit? know if JK's on board. She's, she's probably on board. I can get JK on board now. I can get JK on board. I can get JK on board. Okay? Yeah, you okay. keep saying that. Do you, do you like, follow her on Twitter? <laughs> Isn't that like the best way to talk to people? <laughs> I actually think it. I see you way more of my question, DMs though. than I do my emails these days. <laughs> yeah, that, that ain't no lie. That's for sure. So, so yeah. What I, I guess, I guess the verdict for me and Liam is no. Matt, on the other hand, has an elaborate scheme. Yes, got to get that money. 
Well, yeah. So Matt's, Matt's the one who's going to be laughing all the way to the back. And you guys are going to be on like Xerox One making like, I don't know, $1,000 profit. Paddling our way home millions. In, a, in a cart made out of Xerox machines while Matt drives his <laughs> California cruising 2049 Batmobile home. Can finally afford a house in California. So, <laughs> yeah, so just... what's going to happen with, with Xerox is that every when, once you go back in time to Xerox Two and Xerox One, the budget is going to keep getting smaller and smaller, and the games are going to get crappy. <laughs> so you just want to use all the money that their first big splash makes, and and this. But at least I won't this have J.K. Rowling suing me for making a shit XCOM Harry Potter. And, in that event, I, I guess if if Harry Potter does become a dumping ground for for quick and dirty ideas as the decades roll on, then 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 around this time, like I don't know, fifty years from now, J.K. might be rowling in her grave. Oh, that makes me happy for some reason. <laughs> I love that one. I mean, to be fair, it would be pretty <laughs> cool to see Potter. Harry Potter last forever. On the other hand, it might be kind of depressing. Poor Harry. Poor Harry. Poor, um... um Poor Ogan. Um, Daniel Radcliffe. we got to get him to voice Harry as well, you know? Maybe in Harry Potter 50, the Phantom Potter, he'll, uh... He'll, he'll have an identity crisis as the franchise wears itself to to exhaustion and he's he's already he's already punished <laughs> punished Harry. He's actually made like skits about that. Well, not him personally, but yeah, it's pretty funny to see that. It's like I am I am Harry. I no no you're Daniel. I, no I I am Harry. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> but, it's really you're, weird. You're, you're a fictional character, Harry. You don't exist, <laughs> Harry. You're a figment of everyone's imagination being sold to people for money. What if Hagrid said that? Well, if you can send in better Harry Potter game ideas, send them to... Dad and Sons Bones. No. 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 no, no. Matt, what? Why? You know what? Actually, yeah, sure. Send more so we can get less Metal Gear garbage there wasn't any metal gear garbage in this week's i yeah yeah exactly this week's but it is in the email after enduring all of the roasts matt checked the email once in his lifetime losing was was spy espring spy escargot espionage espion no nodge Modge, Arene. Nah. No. Let's go. Let's, let's, let's go Nosh. Oh, we're, we're, that's right. We're ending. We're just like, you know. We're just talking. We haven't talked to each other in two weeks, so we're just kind we're, of we're letting vibing it, all it out. out. A bit, yeah. uh, what, a, what, a, what a weird podcast. 